Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by Hall of Fame announcer, the great Teddy Atlas, and joined today by the body snatcher, Dillian White. How you doing, champ? I'm good, man. What up? I'm good, good, good. Hey, Dillian. How are you? I'm good, Teddy. Nice to see you, man. It's good seeing you. You look great. You, Thank you. You look tremendous. Thank right you. away, Thank of you. course, I look at it like the Terminator looks at, at something, you know, with the red lines and with the, everything <laughs> is breaking down, you know? I, I'm looking at your skin tone. It looks good. Uh, I'm looking you. at your face. I'm looking at your body. <laughs> you look, Thank your you. weight is good. You, you, you look vibrant. You look alive. Uh, you don't look like you're worn out. Sometimes fighters at the end of camp, they look worn out. Yeah. You, look, uh, you look the way you're supposed to look. Guys, before we dive into things with Dillian, just want to give a quick shout out to BJJ Fanatics. Teddy's got a boxing tutorial on there that is second to none. Check it out at dynamicstriking.com. Search for Teddy Atlas. I believe he's the only boxing tutorial on there. Certainly one of the highest rated episodes they have. You guys will find everything you need there to do some home training. If you're Whether you're looking to train at home or you're a trainer looking to pick up some advice for how to train fighters, everything you need to know is covered in this tutorial series. So check them out at dynamicstriking.com. Search Teddy Atlas for all your boxing tutorial needs. Thank you, thank you. We've been working hard, you know, because um, the fight got rescheduled a few times and stuff, but... but um, I got some good guys here and they, I just listen to what they tell me to do. I just, they say, do this, do that. I said, okay, cool. I never ask what we're doing when we're doing it. And I just said, okay, it's what time I need to be at the gym. And I said, this time I just, I just get up and I just go, man. That's it. It's been a long camp for you, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a strange camp as well, you know, cause um, the time and the place and trying to get people backward and forward to camp and stuff because of, quarantine and and laws changing and stuff and but but it's, it's been eventful tell, tell the people where you are because i don't think everybody knows that you're in portugal yeah I, i'm down in portugal i go home tomorrow i leave first thing tomorrow morning you know um, i'm down in portugal i've had um a test a couple of days ago I come back come back all good i gotta go go home tomorrow i have another one I wait a few hours for the results, and then um, you know, I'm in the bubble in the same hotel as Pervitkin, and get ready to beat him up on Saturday. Is your weight? Is your weight at one of your lower weights? Because you really do. You you look terrific. You know, um, the last fight I was 125 kilos, so you know we just come back down. So you know, I just been putting in some training, man. So it's not bad. It's getting there, isn't it? Yeah, break down break down the kilos. For people like me that don't know what the heck well, a kilo is. The last fight, I was almost 280 pounds. I was yeah. almost 280 pounds. You know, obviously, you know, this fight, I'm probably going to come in 248 or something like that. So that's, that's, that's a major, that's like, that's, 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 that's a major difference. You know, um, you know, it was a good 10-round um, fight, but, you know, I only had one pace and one gear. And I just basically fought that fight. I never had no... Injection. I just, I just fought. I just went out and fought because I had the fight. Now, my gears is good. My legs is good. Everything is good. So, you know, and for a fight like this, I needed, I needed to be like that. And I'm good. I'm literally. It even feel like I'm fighting. Um, in a few days, you know, I just, I just feel good. 
Hey, Dillian, uh, one of the things Eddie Hearns has said recently is that he's trying to keep you and Pavetkin separated while you're at the uh, fight camp facility. Where's all the bad blood coming from? Pavetkin seems like a pretty quiet guy. What's this, what's the backstory there? You know, um, he's a pretty quiet, respectful guy. But, you know, these guys, they're, they're professional. They're old school Russian. They know, you know, these guys who do little things to friend you and be polite, but to annoy you at the same time. And I'm the kind of guy where... I'm like this. I'm cool and respectful, you know, but if I sense any form of foul play, I will go off. I'm not one of those guys that that, that stays in the middle, you know. I, if I get pissed, I get pissed. I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, yeah, you know. I, I'll just, like, I've, I've controlled myself and I've gotten better over the years, but if I feel like someone's trying to jeopardise my situation or trying to play some sort of mind game, you know, I'll just end up just, I'll, I'll just say, um, you know, that's just who I am. I'm, you know, I'm a kid from the, the street and a sufferer in life. So that's what I know to do. If you threaten me and I feel threatened, then I do what I know to do. And that's to defend myself regardless. So, you know, so I try and avoid situations. So if I can, it's not that, you know, I'm worried or anything. I just prefer to avoid situation because I don't know I'm going to react. I might just, you know, I might just, you know, some, you know, some, <laughs> you know, so I prefer to just, Limit, limit it as much as I can, you know? Yeah. What are some of the things that are problematic that are going on that you can tell us that, you know, that you don't, you don't feel all right? You know, um, there's going to be about six big heavyweights in the same hotel that's fighting on the car. We are going to be commuting backward and forward. You know, heavyweights are volatile anyway. You know, some guys might be looking at you a certain way. And obviously, I don't understand what they're saying. You know, I mean, they may be looking at me and saying stuff in their own language. I don't know what they're saying. So if I feel a certain way, like, yo, like, you know, then I'll be like, yo, what up? What's up? You know, I'm just, so I just prefer to avoid, you know, like my, my father's a prevention is better than cure, man. So, you know, um, you know, I don't want to give no one an excuse for the fight not to go on for them to find me or anything like that. But, so I, I just probably just keep cool, man, and focus on what I need to focus on, and that's it, you know, obviously. But, you know, as well as I do, is them guys, they're old school, they're Russians, you know, obviously a bit older than me, a bit more mature than me. So, you know, they, they're just little things people like to do and like to say, and, I, 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 and I'm not really interested in it, to be honest. It's either, if we're at war, we're at war. I'm not someone that's going to be like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, you know. We're at war, we're at war. If we're not at war, we're not at war, you know. Dillian, listen. It's good practice for what you're about to have to do on Saturday, controlling yourself. Yes. Look at it that way. Look yes. at it that way. You're getting a gift. It's an opportunity to practice controlling your emotions and being calm in an uncalm place. And they're giving you something to practice with. They're doing mm. you a favor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And as far as your comment a moment, I'm going to take you up on that. And I want you to explain to the audience because you're special. There's, I want the audience to know a little bit more about Dillian White because they don't know enough, not nearly enough, how, how a guy who had seven amateur fights could get and started late, could get to where you've gotten to, to beat the level of fighters you've beaten and to get to number one in the world ready to fight for a world title, that's extraordinary. Because most of those guys that get there, they have 100 fights, 150 fights, 200 fights. And you beat a lot of those guys on your way up. So 
part of that is because of the journey you've come from, where you've come from, the life that you've had, the things that you've faced, the things that you've gone through, the things that have forged you, the fire, the fire that has forged you into the person you are, the man that you are to be able to do these things with so little experience. So a minute ago, you said they're more mature than me. No, no, no. Nobody's more mature than you because I know some of your backstory. Let the people know some of the story of where Dillian White has come from, please. You, you know, you know. I, I just, I don't like, to, you know, I don't like the sympathy things. I don't go into too much about my life. But go you know, into um, a little bit. <laughs> you know, um, basically, you know, my, my mother left me when I was two years old. I never saw her again till I was thirteen. You know, I was in Jamaica struggling battling from one place to another place, not having food to eat, you know, not like my dad was around, but my dad's mindset was if I weren't dead, I was okay. I didn't see much, you know, um didn't go to school. You know, that's how that's a bad life. You know, no life, no no adult should have much as a kid, you know. So I learned to survive. I I I I had a child at a young age, so I had to grow up. I had to be, you know, I had a child at um thirteen. So I had to be a father from early and and a kid I had to turned into a man and started hustling and started um creating opportunities when there was no opportunity to create because um I had a son to feed, you know. So but but my life, I'm listen man, I always look at it as it is someone that's had a worse life than me. It's someone that's struggled more than me. It's someone that's, you know, so I I, I just I just say um, you know, I just do what I know to do and that's that's the fight. You know, I say I know to fight more than it the more I know to love or to anything else i know to fight whether it's boxing or fighting in life or survive that's what i know to do man have you been shot have you been uh shot yeah 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 yeah, yeah I've, I've been shot twice and stabbed and stuff you know but that, that was the lifestyle i live you know um growing up i had to take chances to feed my children you know i had to take chances like you know my mom had, had 12 kids you know um she was working three jobs and from an early age i realized that i can't sit at home and depend on my mom to provide me with things I needed or whatever, because it, for me, I thought it was too much for her to, to do by herself. So, you know, I started trying to find money doing other things. You know, I started um, running the street, getting into gangs and whatever. And, you know, when once you start doing that, it's only a matter of time before someone, you're going to get someone, someone's going to get you. And I was one of those kids where, at school, when they do the analysis, they say, okay, this kid's going to be an A-grade a, a student. This kid's going to be a pilot. This kid's going to be whatever. For me, my thing was to be dead by the time I'm early 20 or to be in prison doing life, you know what I mean? And I was on track for that. You know, I was on track for that. And then one day I got in trouble and my mom was like, yo, you know, um, we lost a brother. One of my brothers got killed. And so my mom was like, you know, um, I can't afford to lose another son, you know. Um, and literally, that just changed everything for me, man. I was like, you know what? Just for my mom, that just changed everything, man. And then <laughs> here I am today, you know, there's a lot of the story that's missing. But if we go into it, we're going to spend the whole podcast talking about it. Listen, I just want to applaud you. I want to thank you, seriously, for becoming, for making the choices you made in life to get to where you've gotten to as an example to so many people, to be the Thank man, you. forget about the fighter, to be the man, the person, the father that you are now. I just want to thank you. 
And, and I want to applaud you for doing that, for making those choices to get there. And I hope you become heavyweight champ because you will be what a heavyweight champ should be, an example to the world. Not that Povetkin's not good. Povetkin's good. He's fine, and he's been a champion already. He had his moment. Yeah. But you, this is your moment, and your story needs to be told to show people, especially today, the way the world is. We got a lot of problems. For you yeah. to show that you can get from where you came to where you are now by making the right choices, even when things were against you. That is the story yeah. of a world champion right there. Good luck. I, I, what else can I tell you? I, get your hand raised and tell your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. It's very kind of you, especially someone of the caliber and the knowledge of the game that you have, you know, obviously. You know, I like, I'm not one for going and trying. A lot of people like to tell their story. Oh, yeah, someone pulled a knife at me once and like to tell their story. But I, I, I don't like doing that, man, because I see it as, yo, there's always someone else that's had a worse life. I'm alive, like, like, you know, sometimes my friends say to me, you're one of the best fighters in the world. And I, I, I don't act like it. I don't, I don't even go around like that because um, I just see myself, I'm just, uh, I just see myself as the, oh, I'm just that one of the boys. I'm just, you know, because that's where I grew up and that's where I come from. I'm not someone who, who moans about stuff. So sometimes I, I, I don't even realize, that's what I said earlier, I don't even feel like, I'm gonna be one of the biggest heavyweight fights in the past in the past few years in a in a amount of days because I just <laughs> I'm just here with the lads chilling out you know just just you know just chilling but when when the bell goes then I change. Well, thank you for allowing me to bring this story out because thank you it's important it's important. Go ahead, Ken. One of the other things that people might not know, and, and, and just a quick side note, you say a lot of people have had it worse. Well, I would say I don't think a lot of people have had it worse. Maybe some, but not a lot. Uh, yeah. But one of the other things that I don't think a lot of people are aware of, maybe some of the hardcore British boxing heads out there know that you were uh, uh, a champion kickboxer and also 1-0 as an MMA fighter. Maybe talk a little bit about your experience in the other combat sports, because I don't think a lot of people, in at least in the U.S., are aware of that background. You know, um, I started doing kickboxing. Kickboxing is the first sports I ever did because I was getting into trouble. You know, I was, I've been fighting for a long time. You know, growing up, I used to fight older kids for younger kids in my neighborhood because they used to bully the guys and they used to, like, you know, they used to come to me and they used to be like, all right, cool. Um, you know, I'll fight, you know. I, um, I used to knock a lot of guys out when I was younger. Um, I think the first person I knocked out, I was nine years old, and the guy was, I think, 12 or something. He he took a kid's sandwich at school, actually. He took a kid's sandwich at school, and, it, and this kid was crying. This kid was like, you know, um, at that age, your mom makes you a sandwich, she cuts the cross off and stuff, and it's a big deal to you. Your lunch is a big deal to you, you know what I mean? You know, obviously, we adults, we forget about that, but your pack lunch, you know, your lunch is a big deal to you. And he took this kid's sandwich and um, this kid was crying. He was just, I, I, and I went up to the girl that, like, you know, um, you need to give him a sandwich back. And he, he carried on and uh, I just closed my eyes and swung a punch. And when I opened my eyes, he was knocked out. And then I was like, all right, cool. And then from there, I was just knocking guys out. And then I got in trouble for fighting, street fighting and stuff. Then 
I had to do like some community service and we had to go and sign on every every day and go to this place. And a friend of mine took me to the kickboxing gym and I started early and, and I've, I've just been in the gym since. I, I've had loads of kickboxing fights. I won most of them. I had to, I actually had five MMA fights actually. Um, five, I know, I won them all. I had five, um, I had four in Holland and one in England, you know, in between. But kickboxing for me, it was... It was amazing. It was amazing. At the time, I was actually said to my coach, you can fight people and get paid to do this? I wish I did. <laughs> I, 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 I actually wish I started boxing um, back then. You know, I, I, was, I was surprised that um, you can get paid to actually beat someone up. And then um, I fell in love with it. I stayed in the gym. I'm like the youngest ever British heavyweight kickboxing champion. That's pretty good. That's, that's part of what has been your journey and part of what has allowed you to make up for the lack of experience that you yes. had in boxing to get to where, because that's all part of what you need, facing pressure, facing yes. things that normally you don't have to face in life uh, and being able to deal with those things. Um, you're nine years younger than Povetkin, is that going to be part of your fight plan, Dayan? I would think it would be that kind of like if I use the analogy of a car, are you going to make that car go on the highway and go faster than it wants to go? Because an older car doesn't want to go on the highway too fast. It wants to go on the back roads, you know, and be able to stop at lights and stuff like that. Being that you're the younger guy, do you want to accelerate the pace as much as you can in this fight? You know, that's something that's always in the back of my mind, but I'm a little bit more clever than that because I know sometimes something might be old on the outside, but on the inside is well-tuned. And as we know, Pavekin's very technical. And as we've seen his last fight, he's still got a lot in, in the tank and he comes on strong. So... You know, I look at it both ways. I prepare for him being... I, I, I'm not preparing for the Povetkin that's here now. You know, I think I've only watched two or three of his fights of the now. You know, I watched the Povetkin early, like early. The early one where he's plowing the likes of... I've seen Rafman, all those guys plowing them over. Cedric Boswell, you know, beating all those guys up. You know, when he's sharp and he's strong. I watched that version of him. I don't think of him as, oh, yeah. You know, and times has changed. Heavyweights now is going on till long. Look at George Foreman. Look at Evander Holyfield. You know, Evander Holyfield knocked up Franz Bofa when he was 48 years old. You know, and he gave Nicolai Valier for run for his money when he was almost 50. George Foreman knocked up Michael Moore. So, so for me, I'm going to rev the engine high, but I'm going to use my skills. I'm, I'm prepared for wh wherever he wants to go, whatever he wants to do. I'm prepared. You know, I, I'm prepared um, to do whatever he wants. If he wants to have a technical fight, because for me, I'm still learning. So if I can technically outclass him and beat him up at the same time, that would be good for me because he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's multi-nation amateur champion. He's WBA world champion. He's only lost three fights to two current reigning heavyweight champion at the time when he lost him. He's very tough. He's good chain, obviously. He's had some good coaches. He's had um, Teddy. He's had Casta Zoo. He's had some other guys and stuff. So I know that technically he will still be strong. So... I'm just prepping, but where, whatever, you know, but then I say all of this now and then I get there and I just go straight to war. So <laughs> let's see. Whatever he, he, he does, you know, I got myself into shape. 
and I'm ready. I, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You know, I'm literally ready to go. Whatever he wants to do, I don't care. If you get through Pavetkin, there's a lot of talk about what's next. Um, obviously, Fury Wilder three on deck, um, and 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 obviously there's a lot of hype around the winner fight in Joshua for big money fight. But we all know you're the mandatory in the WBC. How do you see this all unfolding, and what's your game plan? I've heard what Eddie Hearn has to say, but I'd, li- I'd be curious to hear your opinion. Honestly, with the way things is going on, what's going on, Wilder Fury might get delayed again. You know, mm-hmm. I want to get through Povetkin, then I would like to fight in December if I can, because then I have two back-to-back. You see, it's very important. My last fight was here. This fight, I come up to here now. If I can push on and have another fight this year and get up to here, and then get to fight Fury next year, and I'm there, that's great. It's two back-to-back camps. Um, I press on, and I haven't sat around and wait and sat down in Christmas and eat and, and got fat and got lazy, you know. So if I can get out late December again, that'll be great for me. I, I'll have this fight, I'll take two weeks rest, and I'll get straight back into training. You know, um, that's my plan. I would like to fight, you know, I'll, um, if I get, when I get past Povetkin, I was going to say if, but when I get past Povetkin, I'd like to fight Tyson Fury's last opponent before Deontay Wilder at the Welling. That would be a great fight, I think, and that would show me where I'm at roughly because he gave Fury a lot of problem, and I think I beat him up as well. So that'd be great if I can get rid of Fury, get rid of Povetkin, get rid of Arthur Welling, and then get rid of Fury um, next year, and then no one can't say I'm not the best heavyweight around if I've done all of that. No one can ever say that if I beat those, those, those three guys. How frustrating has it been for you sitting around waiting to get that WBC title? You've been the mandatory for, I don't know, 10 years now. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? You know, it's frustration. It's frustrating. It's been stressful. But I always look at things and think, I'm not the only, I, I'm the only guy that's waited so long. But these other guys that's waited a long time. And like Teddy said, it's all part of the process. Being under pressure, showing resilience, showing... um showing you know like like testament to my character and stuff like that and then just showing that yo I ain't going to you guys can make me wait you guys can make me take these dangerous fights like the Povetkin the Reavers and stuff but I believe in myself I believe in my ability you know so it's been very frustrating but it's also been a good learning curve for me learning about myself learning what kind of person I am learning um how strong I can stay when the chips is against I know that I can do it, but sometimes it's good to actually see it play out in front of you. It's not a great situation. Obviously, I've been pissed off, I've been annoyed and angry about it, but I feel like I'm a better person for it. You're smart. You're a smart person. You have a great attitude. Everybody should have the same attitude, whether it's in boxing or whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish in life. It's a process. It's a journey. Things happen for a reason. And you have to accept those things and look at them as a reason, not an excuse to give up, not an excuse to say, oh, this isn't fair. Guess what? Get on the end of the line. Life's not (laughs) fair. Make it freaking fair. Do what you're supposed to do. Take advantage of these things that look like bad things and make them into good things. And Dillian, that's what you've done. I, they did you a favor. They didn't mean to do you a favor. You know, this organization that kept you as a mandatory for about 25 years. They didn't mean to do you a favor, but they did you a favor because you had a choice. Do I feel sorry for myself? Do I get pissed off? Do I just sit around? Or do I go out there and continue to be a better fighter? Continue to move forward. And you know what? 
you did exactly the right thing. And I got to give you credit for that. You went out there and you took risks. You fought good fighters while you were the mandatory. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait till I get the freaking mandatory and get paid. No, you understood that you still had to progress. You yes. still were green in a lot of ways. You yes. were still raw. You were still a work in progress. You needed to get better. So when you get to that place, you could actually have a chance to win, to yes. be a best fighter you could be. So what did you do during all this time? It's been about two years. You kept fighting. You kept fighting good fighters. And again, yeah. all the credit in the world. I remember, and I love this guy, but I remember David Tua, and I love him. He's a great human being, great puncher. He was the mandatory for Lennox Lewis, and he decided, him and his people, to sit. I think it was he was going to get $2 million, uh, somewhere around that. Whatever it was, back, it's back of, you know, some years ago. And rather than continuing to fight, continuing to progress as a fighter, he just sat. And he waited for that. And he got it eventually. But he wasn't ready. He, he wasn't what he should have been. He could have been better. You're going to be ready because of the journey the, or because of the road you chose for this journey. I, I got a better one for you, Teddy. Bummer and Stiverne. He sat down for two years and waited for Wilder. He fought only Jason Gavins in that two years, I think. He That's fought. even better. No, You're not right. Jason Gavins. He, he fought... Um, not Jason Gavins. I remember the guy's name. Hold on. Um, Derek something. Derek. Derek. Um, American guy. Derek. Um, the real journeyman. He fought only that guy in the two years, and then he got he got splattered in. He got splattered so bad because he wasn't ready. He he didn't fight. He didn't do anything. He came in the fight. He was out of shape. He was rusty. And Wilder just destroyed him. And if you think the second fight, the first fight, he gave Wilder a lot of problems, but he sat around and waited. And I, I didn't want to do that. You know, I didn't want to make that mistake. No, and I, listen, you did the right thing. You did the thing that, quite, quite frankly, you did the thing that a winner should do, that a guy who wants to consume himself a winner, a fighter, you, you continued to do what you needed to do, to challenge yourself. Yes. To, to forge yourself, to practice at your trade. I'll tell you one thing. God forbid I had to get an operation. I don't want to get surgery by a doctor that's been sitting around for two years <laughs> and hasn't done any surgery. I want him to be doing surgery every day yeah. or at least a couple of times a week. Yeah. So his skills are what they're supposed to be. Yeah, it's he... no different for a fighter. How, how are you going to back a fighter? How am I going to back a fighter that's going to sit around, wait for a payday, wait for his mandatory to come up instead of doing the things that a fighter needs to do, plying his trade, practicing his trade, continuing to get better all the time. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what everybody's attitude should be out there. And you, that's why I think that you're going to be, as long as we're on this, this track, talk about Joshua, I know the concentration right now is one thing. I know. Yes. It's, it's a guy named Pavekin. That's the yes. only guy that exists in the world right now. But do me a favor. Just for a moment, drift off of that. And you fought five years ago. Your only loss is to Joshua. Yes. Five years ago. Yes. You were a much different fighter. Much less yes. experienced. Much less mature. 
much much less in every every area that a fighter could be. Now here you are five years later. If you get an opportunity to fight Joshua, how will that fight be different? And how will that person I'm looking at right now be a different person? For one, I'm a lot stronger, a lot more experienced, a lot more intelligent. That fight, that fight, the game plan was good, but it was the wrong game plan. They took me away from what I normally do and tried to make me into a boxer. And the plan was to box him early and it will slow down in the late rounds in the fight. But this time, I'll press him. You know, I'll press him a lot more from, from the get-go. Obviously, we've seen he's a good front foot fighter. He's not a good back foot fighter. If you get him dipping and bending down and backing up, he struggles, you know. And um, he doesn't do well when he gets hit high in the head, you know. Um, he takes the punches in the chain. Well, he gets hit anywhere high in the head. He doesn't get he, he, he doesn't do well with it. I understand it. I see that. And in the first fight, when I got hurt, I tried to fight him. I tried to slug with him. I tried to, instead of holding it, I, I take it. I got hurt. But as you can see in other fights, if I get hurt, I take a knee. I hold on. You see, against Parker, I hold on. You know, I'm, I take the knee when I need to. I'm a lot smarter. I'm a lot sharper and a lot. I'm just, it's like two completely different people. I'm the same weight now as I was in that fight. But if you look at my structure, because I've been training properly for the last four or five years, I've been, I started eating better. You know, I moved away from that mindset of, oh, I, I'm a bummer. If I hit you, you're going to go sleep. I move away now, I understand. I'm setting fights up. I'm using my jab. I'm approaching fights differently. You know, um, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm peaking properly. I'm doing things properly. And um, I move away from a lot of the distractions I had at the time. That's why I'm in Portugal training because in London, my kids is there, my family is there. Everything is there, you know. Um, and sometimes you think these things are a distraction. Oh, can you pick up the kids today from school? Can you, oh, can you bring this to mom? Can you do, you know, these things, they're distractions you can cope with, but they're distractions you can do without as well, you know. So a lot of things is different. How have you enjoyed your time in Portugal? Where in Portugal are you? I'm in the Algarve, you know. It's like one of the safest places to be in the world at the minute. You know, Sam? You know it's a safe place. They got a lot of fresh produce here, fish meat, vegetables and stuff like that. It's been really good. And the main most important thing is I had a private base down there that me and my team could train. Like I said, um, I had a lot of weight to lose. I had to get myself right. You know, I had to get my motivation and mindset right. You know, my mindset's always been the same. You know, it just, I've had different things in different, my last two fights, my head has been in those, in those own layers, just spinning around, you know, obviously, I find I had all these issues and stuff and stuff is going on and all these problems and stuff. So, you know, two days before Oscar Rivas fight, I got hit with whatever was going on. And my head, I had a great camp for that fight. My head just exploded. It's like, and from that point up until the Marius Wack fight, I lost six, seven months of my life where, if you ask me what happened and what I did in the six, seven months, I cannot remember. I was just going around like a, a zombie. I was fighting Rivas just off reflex and instinct. It's when I got knocked down, literally, I was like, okay. I was like, all right, cool. All right, all right. that's how it is. And then I got up and I just started out boxing him and just started bossing him and started pushing him back. So, you know, it, 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 it's, oh man, you know, it's just, it, it just, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm good now, man. I'm good. Portugal has been good to me. You know, I'm, you know, I'm here and I just, I just feel good. I feel good, man. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, 
what was some of the things going on? You know, obviously, you know, they, they talk about, um, you know, all this stuff with um, the drug testing and all that stuff, which turned out to be nonsense. I, I can't say too much into it because there's still a lot of litigations and stuff going on in the background. But, you know, um, you was one of the few people that supported me and believed in me at the time, you know. Um, so thank you for that respect for that, you know what I mean? So that happened and then, you know, imagine you have a good fight, you know, you have a good camp, you know, everything is great. I weighed in, I weighed in, I was good, I was good, you know, I was, I was happy, I was like, you know what, I'm going out there tomorrow, I'm going to show everyone who Dillian White is, that's grievous, dangerous guy, Stefan is going to the Olympics, beat Brian Jennings, undefeated guy, 27, I know, knocked out most of the guys, tough guy, strong guy, so I'm like, you know what, cool, very hard fight, I'm, I'm once again the underdog again, I'm going to I'm gonna go out there in two days' time, I'm going to show everyone why I'm who I am and why I'm a serious threat. And then I have no you got a phone call, yo, this is going down. And then it's like, okay. And then literally my whole life just stopped there and then. You know, my whole life, all my plans, they took took my mandatory position away, gave it to to the Fury. Ah oh, man, it, it it was crazy. It was crazy. It's like everything I worked for just went just just stopped right in front of me, you know? And there's nothing I could do. You, but you did. You yeah. Did. You, I carried you on did. fighting. There was, there, there was some, everyone listening out there, there was something he could do. Yeah. Deal with it. Behave. <laughs> behave like a man. Behave like a winner. Behave like a future champion. And don't make excuses. And that's what I did. They called me up at um, three weeks notice. I said, there's a fight. And then I got inside against Marius Wack. I, I knew I was I knew I was about 280, 290 or whatever it was. I did the best I could do. I, I started running. I, I sparred a bit, you know. But I know Marius Wack was in shape and I know he was tough. So to my, in my mind, I thought to myself, you know what? All I got to do with this guy is fight him at idling pace i just got to do enough if you throw one punch throw two three punches back i know deep inside of me i can do that i know my chin's good enough and i know i'm tough enough i know i'm intelligent enough to get through those kind of fights without being a hundred percent i know it's very difficult very dangerous because wax a tough guy and he's strong you know and he's got that so american he's a european fighter he's got a sort of american style because he's training america and he and he's tough so i was like you know what I can beat this guy, you know, just my will alone is enough to beat this guy. And I went out there, you know, I went out there, um, I done my thing, you know, I did the best I could do. I won, I think, eight or nine out of 10 rounds, you know, um, and, and it was all right. It, it was, it was also for me, it was, it was a test as well because I fought on the big stage when I weren't fit, you know what I mean? I knew, and I was able to control the pace as well, even though I weren't fit, you know what I mean? If I'd, if I'd allow him to, to up the pace, they're not a loss, you know. I was able to do some some good things, even though I wasn't in a great place, you know. So there's another box box a tick along the way. Just out of the, just so people understand very clearly, you've been a mandatory for oh my goodness, almost <laughs> as long as my grandson's been around, and and I love my grandson, um, and now. You are mandated to fight the winner of Fury 
and Wilder, the trilogy that they're going to have. But we all know the reality. The reality is that they're not going to probably fight you. You beat Povetkin, you're going you're gonna to be the mandatory. And what's going to happen is Fury's probably going to go and look to fight Joshua or, or Wilder the same, and they're going to put it off. And you're going to wind up fighting somebody probably for a vacated title. Now, but again, the journey will continue because everyone has their own journey. This is your journey. This is the journey that's meant for you. It's going to get you there. Eventually, you're going to get one of these two guys. Eventually. Mm-hmm. And, it's going to, mm-hmm. and you're going to be ready because of what you're doing and the choices you've made. Out of the two, I know this is difficult, but right now, out of Wilder and Fury, who would you rather fight? You're a very honest guy. I know I'm asking you tough, but who would you rather fight? I'd rather fight Fury for multiple reasons. You know, Fury beat Dante Wilder twice. Let's be honest about it. He beat him twice. There shouldn't be a need for a third fight. There's no need for a third fight. There's no need. There's no need. Um, I'd like to fight Fury because, for one, Fury is the only guy that's held all the heavyweight titles. Joshua Evan, Wild Evan, Fury is the only guy that held them all. He held them at separate times, but he won, he won, he, he, he beat Klitschko, he had those belts. No, he beat Wilder, he had those belts. And he's the lineal heavyweight champion of whatever they say he is and whatever. So, so if I beat him, I beat the man. I beat the man that beat the man that beat the other man. So, you know, what Wilder and stuff, he's, he's leftovers. No, you know, he's, he's tainted now. If I go in there and knock him out and bully him the same way Fury did, then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, Tyson Fury's already beaten him. Tyson Fury's already shown that he's vulnerable to the bully. Tyson Fury's already showing that if you push him back, he's vulnerable. You know, so that, that's, it's a great fight for us as, as boxing fans. It's a great fight for me because the guy's a jerk and I want to beat the guy up. Let's be honest about it. But, you know, you know, people is always in this community. So if I beat someone like, Tyson Fury or Joshua because Joshua beat me and Tyson Fury seemed to be the best of the bunch around at the minute a bit. so I want to fight them too spoken like uh, the way I would expect uh, and also one thing to be clear one thing to be clear if Wilder va- if Fury vacate I become automatically the full world champion because I'm interim world champion which I don't want him to do that I don't want to win the belt like that I want to I want to fight the best fight and win the belt I don't want to win the belt because oh some idiots throwing it in the bin. No, I want to win the belt properly. Yeah, right, it's a big fight. It, you know, it's a big fight and we should fight for the belt, you know. You say you're Gypsy King, you're a fighting man, you're, you're this and you're that. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm any of that. I don't think I'm just a, a normal normal guy. That, <laughs> so I don't see, you know, you, 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 as gone to you, you're a god, so you shouldn't have problems questioning a little answer like me. Is should it? You're pretty smart, you. You're pretty darn smart. Nobody should overlook you. Anybody overlooks you, they're a fool. Ken. Dylan, what'd you think of um, Deontay Wilder's litany of excuses after the last Fury fight? Everything from his, um, you know, 40-pound ring walk suit to um, a problem with Fury's gloves. It sounded a bit like sour grapes, but what, were your, what was your take on that? You know what? Firstly, you know, let's be real. Let's give him a bit of credit where he's due. The guy is a great athlete, you know. He's not a good boxer, a great athlete. You know, he carries punch power and he carries speed because he's a very light guy and he's tall. Carry punch power and he carries speed and he's very awkward. Well done, he beat Luis Ortiz twice and 
he's got a string of KO along his record, but like, yo, you lost the fight clearly. You you lost the first fight. You got outboxed in the first fight. You got outboxed. You got outstretched. That is the second fight. You got humiliated. Let's be honest. It wasn't not. There was nothing wrong with the gloves. Listen, if the commissioner allowed Fury to go in there with bad gloves, then that's bad. like like come on. Someone would have seen it ringside. Someone would, you, 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 you know, like it's just it's just nonsense. The guy said I traded a forty pound weighted vest, so in a fight it's bigger guys. I can cope with the extra weight and whatever. And then all of a sudden, this guy is crazy. The guy is crazy. The guy, the, the guys, listen, when I fought Oscar Rivas, the, the, the guy in a weight, I wore to the ring. He weighed probably about 50 pounds. I went to the <laughs> ring. I, I, um, and it, the lady herself said that made a gown, said I made heavier gowns to Dylan White. You know, I, I, I didn't make no excuse. Oh, my, you walk. A hundred, not even a hundred meters from the ring to the from change room to the ring, but he don't do no legs. His legs is as skinny as a child. That's why it is crazy. Listen, you got pushed back. Fundamentally, you haven't learned anything from Mark Breland, which I think is a great coach and a great fighter. You haven't learned anything fundamentally. There's a thing that to do with Tilly. Fighters get into this thing where we call it puncher's fever, where guys they start knocking guys out and they think, oh. I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to, to worry about out jabbing these guys are upset. No, I just need to land that one bomb. And that's what that's what the end of the world's problem was. He got into that thing where he had punches fever and he said to believe his own hype, said to believe that he's a king and all of this crap that he said. And then he meets someone that takes half an inch step back every time he stepped forward. I take half an inch step forward every time he stepped forward. And he couldn't get his right hand off. And then that was it. He don't jab well, he don't throw a hook well. He doesn't wreck the body and the head well. And that's why Fury got up in the first fight because he wasn't targeting it. I did target Fury's body early, even with just the jab only. Fury wouldn't have been able to get up in the 12th round because his body was still fresh, his leg was still fresh. And the guy is just, he's just an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment. It should be a shame because all the good work these previous American heavyweight champions have done, it should be a shame. It should be a shame of himself making these excuses all. Ah uh, uh, man, if I was this kid, I'd be embarrassed. I wanted to ask you just uh, on a on a different topic. Do you do you keep up with MMA now? Do you watch the UFC? I've always watched um, MMA. I, I'm I'm a combat guy. Any combat sport you you name, I can tell you something about it. I'm a combat guy because fighting is fighting. That's what I say. I'm a fighter before a boxer. I, I I'm a combat guy, so I keep an eye on any style of combat. I even to the point where there's a thing in Mexico where the ladies fight once a year. I think <laughs> the day the day after Christmas. I watch it. I can't remember what it's called. I watch that. Like you know, they put on really nice dresses and they have. A, 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 <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I can't remember what it's called. I watch everything. Well, I've got I've got a matchmaking proposition for you. Someday, when you're the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing, we had a guest on here uh, a week or two ago named Francis Ngannou, huge boxing fan. I think he's destined to be the UFC heavyweight champion. He's got some boxing experience. You've got some MMA experience. How about when you're both champions, we have a crossover match, a boxing match six months later, an MMA match? I told Steve, I, I, I told Francis a long time ago, I'll fight you in a cage and in a boxing. I said, we can have the cage fight first and then the boxing fight. So you don't think I'm trying to get an advantage. Let's do it in a cage. I just want to fight. I just want to fight. I want to fight the best fights. Regardless, I want to fight the best fights. You know, I want to do stuff that no one else has done. 
You know, after seeing Stipe Miocic at the weekend, Daniel Cormier, I would fight Stipe Miocic next week. You know, I'll fight him before I fight Povetkin because I think he's easy work. You know, like, I just want to fight the best fights, man. You know, Mohamed Ali did it. Mohamed Ali tried it. He fought a Russia called Antonio Inouye years ago in Kings of the Square Ring. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Obviously, Russell kicked his leg a few times and Ali thought, no, no, no. I'm not interested in this, but, but you know, <laughs> that's what I want to do. I want to do stuff like that. You know, how great would it be a, a top boxer goes over to another top sport and beat one of their top guys and come back and beat? I just want to have the, I just want to have the best, the best fights, man. You know, obviously, I don't care. People, everyone's scared to win. Everyone's scared to lose. Everyone's scared to lose. Everyone's scared to lose. Like, yo, like. If you fight good fighters, you will lose. If you fight good fighters, you will get knocked down. If you fight good fighters, you might get knocked out, you know. But look at Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield is probably the greatest heavyweight of all time, in my opinion, because Evander Holyfield fought... He's the only heavyweight in his era that fought everyone. He fought Larry Holmes. He fought George Foreman. He fought Michael Moore. He fought Mike Tyson twice. He fought Michael Moore twice. He fought Burt Cooper. He fought... Um, he fought Razor Ruddock. He fought, he fought Lennox Lewis. He fought Lennox Lewis, and none, Lennox Lewis didn't fight. Um, didn't fight. Um, Riddick Bow. Oh yeah, he fought Riddick Bow as well. Lennox, Lennox didn't fight George Foreman. Lennox didn't fight Michael Moore. Michael Moore didn't fight Lennox. Mike Tyson didn't fight Michael Moore. Mike Tyson didn't fight George Foreman. Mike Tyson didn't fight. Like, he fought Larry Owens. The Holyfield fought everyone. Of them. I think, in my opinion, Holyfield is probably the greatest heavyweight of all time, and probably the most complete heavyweight of all time. Excluding Muhammad Ali. But Muhammad Ali, you know, he done things in and outside the ring. So that's why it's hard to go against him as the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. You, you just said something that I say on ESPN for years, 25 years, I say here on our podcast, that a lot of times these promoters, these managers, they're really not doing their fighter a favor when they just put them in soft to get their record built up to get to a place where they could get paid to fight for a big fight or for yeah. a title because they keep them from learning the things they need to learn. Sometimes yeah. you have to, sometimes you have to lose to win. Sometimes the things you're going to learn and losing are going to enable you to have the things you need to win. It happened on. to me. It happened to me. Perfect. Perfect example. And you're a perfect example of that. And, and, uh, and the right attitude with that that the most important thing is to get the experience, to get the challenges, to get the work that you need to become the best fighter you can become. Not, not to navigate around, you know, fighting, you know, bus drivers and waiters, even though I'm sure there's a lot of tough bus drivers and waiters. <laughs> so you guys out there, don't, don't jump on me. But instead of doing that, fighting guys that will improve you guys that will make you bring out the best in you. And this is a perfect segue to my next question. What do you think? And I know that you offered to fight him because you'll fight anybody. You don't just say it. That's the thing. You actually do it. All you have to do is pick up something like this and look at the record and you'd see, oh yeah, he's telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, he did fight this guy. Yeah, he did do this when he was a mandatory. So here's the question. Andy Ruiz, the former champion, just announced that he's finally coming back, you know, a year, whatever it's been, since he lost his title to Joshua. 
and his opponent has been named as Chris Ariola. I personally don't think listen, I don't think Ariola, I love Ariola. He's he's been a warrior his whole life. But I just don't think it's healthy for him to continue fighting. Anyway, that's the opponent that he's fighting. What do you think about that? Under is the Joker. We offered him five million dollars to fight me. He turned it down. He made all his excuses. Listen, ah, uh, I think Under Ruiz's biggest problem is is with his cholesterol. To be honest, so <laughs> I think he, he, I think he, he's done well getting in the ring to fight um, <laughs> Chris Ariola. I think he, he, you know, but let's be honest. Where can he go from Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua to Chris Ariola? Like, what is the point? Chris Ariola, like, there's no, like, like, come on, man. Like, you don't learn anything from that. You don't, what, what are you doing? You just, like, I don't know. Maybe he just need, maybe he needs a confidence booster. Maybe some of these guys, they need confidence boosters. boosters. So, so, so maybe, maybe that's what he needs, you know, going there. But me, I prefer to have a fight that's going to give me rounds, make me look bad, make me make mistakes that I have to correct. I make me have to work for the victories. I don't like these fights where, because let's be honest, I could have fought someone like that guy that Tyson Fury fought before, and what's his name, Francesca Pianata and stuff, and and just keep busy and wait to the world. I can fight all these. Guys. I can fight Zafir Zafiri and and all of these guys. Tom Shorts. I can fight all of these guys, and and um, no one can complain because of the guys I fought. But instead, we looked at it and I said, okay. This is the top five. I have to fight someone in the top five. We made Andrew Ruiz an offer. The same amount of money he got to fight Joshua the first time, who was the unified world champion at the time. I'm a nobody. I, you know, if you can't get the same money to fight nobody as you get to fight the unified heavyweight champion of the world, then you're a joke. You're not a nobody. You're the number one contender in the world, and you earned the right to be the number one contender in the world. And and just just to just to put a little more emphasis clear on this is that you're the mandatory and you're taking a risk. You took a risk in your last several fights and you're taking a risk again against a former world champion, a former Olympic gold medalist. You're taking a risk and you didn't have to take that risk, but you're taking, you're putting your, you're putting your damn money where your mouth, you're putting your mouth where your money is and you're going and you're taking a risk because you feel that the most important thing is to continue to improve as a fighter, to continue to walk that path of challenging yourself to be ready as a fighter. Because if you don't do that, what's the sense of dodging and, and maneuvering around fighting, like I said, cab drivers and bus drivers, tough ones, you know, tough ones, but fighting them to, to be able to say that you fought, to say that you got in the ring, and meanwhile, you don't get anything out of it. So you you have really uh you've earned your you have really earned a lot of guys get to the number one contender because their manager maneuvers them, they take care of the organizations. I'm sorry, I have to talk the truth. They take care of the organizations, they maneuver, they get there. Not you though, not you, baby. You you have earned it. Just that dominant Brazil. I was the number one contender. The WBC ordered him to fight me. I accepted the fight. Then 
we, we negotiate the fight, then all of a sudden they pull him out of the fight and they made him fight Wilder as a mandatory contender in front of me. And I was like, yo, what up? Same way, Tyson Fury. He said he'll fight me for the WBC diamond belt. The WBC, they never give the diamond belt to anyone. The WBC nominate me and Tyson Fury for the diamond belt. He, t he said, no, I'm not fighting Dillian White. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with these guys, man. I, I just want to fight. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they all say I'm 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 slow. I'm I'm a plodder. I'm this. I'm. They said I'm I'm wild. I'm I'm. But but none of these guys ain't killing to fight me. So I don't know. I don't know. What'd you think when Ruiz knocked out um, Joshua? I was like, I was surprised to be honest because Joshua seemed a good. At the start of the fight, I was like, yo, this dude is not right. This dude. And the stuff he was saying in the con, I was like, he was like, he was saying to his coach, like, um, what, what should I do? He's throwing the hook when I throw the right hand. Um, you know what to do if you throw a right hand and someone throw a hook. Move your head and keep your right hand up. I, I answer the phone. He's like, and he was saying to his coach, oh, um, what should it, um, what, what's going on? What, I was like, it was being a bit strange. The whole thing, it's so weird, but I was surprised to be because I thought to myself, Andrew Ruiz ain't really got no ambition anymore. Got beaten by Joseph Parker. He came into the fight heavy. He seems to be one of those guys that when he's on, he's good. When he's off, he's not. He's not consistent. So I thought, okay, Joshua is going to beat him. I know he's a tough guy. I know he has quick hands and he's dangerous, but I thought Joshua's going to beat him. Routine defense of Joshua. Obviously, he'd take the fight short notice, but... I was shocked when, when, when he beat him. I was I was shocked. I was shocked. I was like, I was definitely shocked. And I was surprised. I was, I was happy for the guy because I was like, you know what? He went from nothing to somebody. I was happy for the guy. I was happy. But then when he came for the second fight, I was like, this guy is a bum. <laughs> like you have you have everything, and you couldn't motivate yourself to get to the gym, like. Had he beaten Joshua the second time, he'd have ultimately become the greatest heavyweight of this era. Crazy. Just just two fights. Two fights. You know? I couldn't agree more. You, you know, Dan, I'm going to finish with this. And then if Ken has anything, he'll, he'll ask you. But for me, again, they all did you a favor. <laughs> did you a favor because your journey with your lack of amateur experience in boxing and starting late, you needed this journey. You needed it to be a little bit of a harder road. And you were ready for that because life's been pretty hard for you early on. But you made it better because, like I say to these kids I talk to, you can either make excuses why you can't or you can come up with reasons why you must. And you came up with reasons why you must. And by forcing you on this journey and the WCBC playing games and not giving you the mandatory, even though you were the mandatory for all that time, they've helped you be as ready as you could be. But I won't give all the credit to them. You made the choices. When they put you in that position, you could have got pissed. You could have got mad. You could have cried. You could have felt sorry for yourself. You could have been a kid that stomped your feet, but you didn't. You went to work, and you continued going where you needed to go. Down that journey, 
to be a world champion. I have no doubt that destiny is for you to become a world champion because you have made your destiny. You have chosen your destiny. I wish you nothing but luck against Povetkin. You know that you're not going to overlook him. He's a very experienced guy. Yes. You know, he's got that sneaky right hand. You'll be <laughs> ready for it. And you'll be ready to win the world title when your day does come. And continue to be the gentleman you are. Continue you. to be the inspiration. Continue to be the, the role model for kids out there that have had it a little tough. Thank you, Dillian. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Thank you. And Dillian, thanks very much for your time. Best of luck. Appreciate all the candor today. I'm sure we'll create some buzz with some of those quotes. And uh, we really appreciate you doing this the week of the fight. And we look forward to talking to you again when you have the full WBC title. Thank no you. doubt you'll get there. Thanks Thank a lot you. and appreciate Lovely. your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a nice day, man. Cheers. Bye -bye. You too, guys. Cheers. Thanks.